If you have, um, if you have a Bible, turn to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, and we're going to read uh, eventually from verse 12 just to the end of the, that book in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians <coughs> chapter 5 from verse 12. It's on page 1100, uh, sorry, yeah, 1188 if you've got a church Bible. So 1 Thessalonians, are we chapter 5 from verse 12. Uh, this is a passage that we're going to read, was um, <coughs> written by the Apostle Paul uh, around um, AD 51. He was in Corinth when he wrote this letter. And uh, the church that he wrote it to was a church in Thessalonica, hence 1 Thessalonians, uh, the clues in the, uh, in the book's title. And he, the church there was quite young, probably two or three years uh, old. So quite immature in some of its thinking, uh, they had confusion about the second coming of Christ, they had lots of questions, but also because they needed to mature in their faith. And he's writing some of this letter, is pretty simple stuff, it might seem to us, but he challenges them about some of their attitudes as well. And so for those of us that are uh, maybe young in the Christian faith, there's a lot that it can say to us, but also I think when I read it uh, as one who I think is reasonably mature in the Christian faith, it's, God still teaches me uh, about my thoughts, my attitudes, and a general sort of outworking of my faith in the world to where we witness. So I just want to bring a few thoughts uh, from this passage, and so we'll read this together. 1 Thessalonians 5 from verse 12. And this is Paul as he's kind of signing off uh, from this letter. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other, And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything, hold on to the good, Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So, this is good teaching, isn't it? When you look at it, there's lots of good lessons in there. Nothing that you'd really argue with. Uh, live in peace with one another. That sounds like a good uh, thing to do. I'd like to think I'm trying to live at peace as much as I can with everybody. Um, encourage one another. Uh, that's good as well. That's not something you'd really argue about. It's good to be encouraged. Uh, help the weak. No great surprise. We'll go along with that. Uh, be patient. Uh, be kind. These are all the sorts of things you'd expect God to say to us in his word. But when I reach verses 16 to 18, I realise after it's something I try and remind myself of daily. And sometimes it's a challenge because sometimes life isn't all what, um, what you want it to be. There is sickness. Uh, there is death. Um, for the Christian, death is in many ways the beginning, not the end. Um, it's death to live again with Christ. Um, there's things that go wrong. Maybe someone has wronged you. Uh, and you think, well, you know, life's so tough sometimes. And I think we give, uh, maybe, well, not we, but maybe uh, social media, <coughs> the press, um, magazines, 
uh, sell us a lie. And the lie is that life is supposed to be perfect and you deserve everything all the time. And of course, our young people uh, get fed that um, from elsewhere. And then when life hits them, they can sometimes struggle to cope. And uh, the Bible's pretty clear. Jesus is clear. He said you're going to face hard times if people are going to persecute you. Uh, you're going to face rough times. But of course, uh, never does he leave us or forsake us. But it's this passage, this part, uh, which I think is, um, is what I want to talk about tonight and what I believe God was saying. Be joyful always. Always. Pray continually. Two things you've got to do all the time. Give thanks in all circumstances. Do you feel, I don't know about you, I find that tough. Um, be joyful always. I, I know, I know I'm moody. Um, there's people here that know I'm moody uh, or can get moody. But I try and see the best. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Pray continually. How do we do that? And give thanks in all circumstances. Now, there's a lady that I know, <coughs> not from Billericay. Um, you will never, ever want to ask her, how are things going? And if you do, you'll be there for a, a good two hours, uh, probably. And you would think, and she leads a pretty good life, and you would think the world was ending. You would think the world, and she'll list all these problems. You're there, and you think, come on, it's not that bad. You know, but every little detail will be in the tower of woe and distress and not real hardship. And therefore, she is continually sort of down, right? Because you're not seeing the good in anything. Another lady um, who some of you would have known, Ethel Stanford. Who remembers Ethel? Remember Ethel? Lovely lady, Ethel. I loved Ethel. And um, your loss was our gain when I was up at stock because she moved into Orchard House um, <coughs> which if you're coming towards the last season of your life, is a good place to go and live. It's really good. <laughs> um, and she moved there, so I got to know Ethel more than when I did when I was here. And um, she was very frustrating in the sense that when I would go, she was uh, suffering with cancer and eventually died of cancer. And she was a lovely lady. And I'd go and see her, and I couldn't minister to her. I think I may have mentioned this before. You know, I'd go in, I'd say, Ethel, how are you feeling? Don't worry about me. How's your children? How's your wife? Uh, she may have alluded a bit to what she used to do in Girls' Brigade and stuff like that. But she just constantly, constantly looked for things to be positive about and to give thanks to God for. And it was a real uh, lesson uh, to me. I took her, and equally up the road, I took a renewal of vows ceremony after 40 years of marriage uh, because one of my deacons was also dying of cancer. This, I know this is quite sad at the moment, but there's good that comes out of it. Uh, he was dying of cancer, and they wanted to celebrate 40 years of marriage together. They said, would you do, it's like a wedding, so a renewal of vows. And we did the whole thing. He had a morning suit on, and uh, she was dressed, and it was, it, was, it was joyful, but it was quite sad because we knew why they were doing it. And we went on to the celebration, Andrew and I, my two children. And it was at that party, uh, and I'd got to love Ethel because she was just so, I'd, it wasn't a, a burden to visit. She was just, whenever I went there, I was the one that was ministered to and blessed. It was at that party in the middle of a celebration that I got the phone call on my mobile to say Ethel had died. And it was one of those moments as a minister, I just had to take myself off just for five minutes and have a bit of time because it really, I really did grow to love. And those of you who've known Ethel would know exactly what I'm talking about. Very positive. And the point I'm making is, in the middle of all the questions, and maybe fears, but certainly with a promise of a certain destiny with God, those two stories met. One was going to die, one had died. Those two journeys came together. But both of those stories bore witness to a joy that was there despite the circumstances. Life wasn't treating 
Ethel well at that point, uh, nor Peter. And they both just gave thanks to God. And they were both had a joy. They wanted to celebrate life. And they knew where their destiny was. And I, I remember thinking that was a challenge, a real challenge. Verse 16 in this passage says, be joyful always. Your circumstances, if you're sitting here tonight, might not uh, suggest it or warrant it. But it's an attitude. It's not, it's not happiness, which the world says you should feel all the time and it leads to disappointment. Because the fact is we're not happy uh, all the time. Um, you know, there's millions on antidepressants and uh, various other things. There's millions living in quiet desperation. And, and we know that we're not happy all the time. But we can be joyful all the time. It's the difference. It's an attitude of that thanksgiving, of, being, of counting your blessings uh, a state of mind, a willingness to look for the blessing. Whatever situation you're in, there will be a blessing somewhere. Um, you know, and I listen to, I if she's here, Jean, sometimes when she says, you know, she goes to the hospital and she just thanks God because people keep giving her lifts backwards and forwards. And she's a witness to us all. You know, she looks for the positive and uh, in the midst of, uh, of a situation that's not ideal. And it also means to reject the negative. The world is negative. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, I say this a lot. The news, whenever you look at the news, I mean, I looked at the news this afternoon. There's a plane gone off a runway and halfway down a hill. The, the blessing is no one was killed and they all got uh, rescued. Um, there's uh, weather warnings all over the place. Everybody's got the flu. And now there's two types. You know, if you've got the injection, bad luck because it doesn't work on one of them. It's one of those things. And I, have I mentioned I had the flu, by the way? I may, I may have mentioned it. Um, but, um, but no, but if you look for it, there are blessings. There are blessings. And, and I think the Christian's attitude is to reject the negative. And, and it's, the Bible says, be joyful always. Not happy. We know that's, that's not going to happen. But we can be joyful always. We can look for the blessing. In verse 17 uh, of Paul's letter, to this young church in Thessalonica, uh, not really established Christians, pray continually. How do we do that? Prayer is a way of life, I think he's saying. It's great to have prayer meetings. It's good to have prayer meetings. It's good to corporately come together for prayer. But great to be offered prayer at the end of the service. I had someone come up to me, one of the pictures given to us, saying, I, I feel, I, she gave a picture, she said, um, and, and I feel that we need to be praying for the leadership. I said, great, pray for us then. And the Bible actually says that, doesn't it? It's good. But she felt a, a, a real compassion. I said, brilliant. I love being prayed for. It's, a, it's what, what a blessing that is to be offered prayer at the end of a service, or in a DG group, or with a friend. But this suggests an ongoing conversation to God. I was trying to work out, what would it mean? What does it mean to pray continuously? Because we know we're not. But it's, it seems to me there's this ongoing awareness of God's presence throughout the day, not just in the prayer meeting, not just at a church service, not just at communion or baptism, not just when you know I have my holy moment. He's with me now. You can be sitting there praying right now, talking to God right now. Uh, especially if this goes on a bit too, too long. It's not nearly at the end. It's only a short devotional talk. But an ongoing conversation with God. And if you think about it, back then they had no cars, did they? Tubes or buses. Uh, lots of walking. Lots of walking. And what did that give to those believers that we haven't got now? Time. And if our most important thing is our relationship with God, and by yourself, close the door and pray, we know that, that's fine. We're told that Jesus got up early to pray, so it's a discipline for him as well, um, we're told that sometimes, despite the demands of the crowds and the temptation that his followers were saying to him, look, you've got to go and see the crowds. He said, no, 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 I need to... He went off, went off by himself. Imagine if a minister did that. You wouldn't like that, would you? <laughs> you know, no, it's all right, I'm busy doing other stuff by myself with God. You know, they, they, he knew that without that relationship with God, 
he couldn't really minister, uh, or sorry, God the Father, and seeing what the Father's doing, he couldn't minister um, outwardly. So we knew that he had to be close to the Father. We knew he, he did what he saw the Father doing. Um, but is that you have that sense of a continuous communion with God, not just at special moments, but continuous. Pray continually. God is with you right now. He doesn't lie, and he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you to the very end of the age. I'm with you always. His love endures forever. Now, these are, these are truths, and he's with you right now. Pray continually. And then finally, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. It was good this morning. Uh, we were told to look back uh, to all the things you could give thanks for. I was invited to write things down. I wrote mine down in my neat handwriting. There, they, look, there it is. Um, I'm going to read some of those in a minute. Um, but look back uh, to see what you could thank God for. Look at the present. What's happening now that you can thank God for? And what are you expecting of God and can thank him for in the future? And I thought that was good. Give thanks in all circumstances. Really, really good. And I was chatting to somebody um, after the service. Don't go around trying to find out who this is. And I said, what did you thank God for? They said, I couldn't think of anything. I said, well, you need to think harder because there's always something to thank God for. Um, but we're worshipping in freedom. We can start with that. You know, his presence is with us always. There's another one. His love endures forever. Brilliant. You know, it's loads we can give thanks for. And I loved it this morning uh, looking at that. Now, I may have mentioned, it may have come up in conversation, I've had the flu. And I was sitting at home, generally feeling sorry for myself. And loads of other people are suffering much more than, than I did, so I'm sort of half joking. Um, but I, I said to Andrew, you know, I thought about it, and I thought, here I am, stuck at, stuck at home, uh, laying out in the settee, watching box sets on Sky, watching reruns of golf matches, and I was warm. And I thought, oh, you know, there's something to thank God for in that. There's people living on the street who could be feeling worse than me. They have no one looking after them. They have no one stopping. They have no one to give them a blanket or, or an ice bucket, depending on what the temperature's doing at a particular time. Uh, they had no TV to watch. They had nothing to pass the time. You know, I actually read my Bible more than I normally would. I had time. And so I thought, well, I can thank God. I can thank God that I've got a roof over my head, that I'm warm or cold, whatever which one I had to be. There's a TV. I'm not bored. I've got someone looking out for me. There's lots of things. If I look for it, I can give thanks in all circumstances. And then my daughter, Kaylee, she got herself in a bit of trouble recently. Uh, not that sort of trouble. Um, <laughs> stop there, Ian. And uh, uh, she went to, she was 21 in November. And then a friend was 21 just before Christmas. So I saved up and went to New York, which sounds good, isn't it, until they had the worst weather on record. And so she was supposed to come back the other Saturday evening. Uh, she finally got back this past Friday uh, morning in the early hours. But she was stranded, you know, uh, just before she left for the airport. Uh, we were with somebody, and I got a text to say the flight had been cancelled, which we thought might happen. And, um, you know, get to try and ring this number, couldn't get through. Turns out the helpline doesn't open the weekend. It's not very helpful, is it? Um, and so she was stuck there. And then the next day they got to the airport, and uh, you may have read this, because apparently it made the telegraph. This it was the flight from literally hell, I think. And uh, they got, I, I looked up this plane that they put her on, and it said, it was like a cargo plane. I thought, doesn't sound too good. And uh, so I checked on the website what sort of plane it was, and I can confirm it had at least two engines, which, was, which is one of my prerequisites for flying. I'm a nervous flyer. So I was a bit nervous for Kaylee. And then she said, oh, we're going to get on the plane, but there's a bit of a problem. Uh, you had to get to the airport early. So she got there four hours early. You know, very, very... And then they, the flight was delayed four hours. 
So there's eight hours now. They're on the plane. They're just bringing loads of bottles of water because there's no water on the plane. If you go to the toilet, you have to use your water bottle to flush the toilet. Now, at this point, my confidence level in this aeroplane is pretty slim. And we're obviously concerned. And, uh, and then we get a phone call to say, we've got on the runway and there was an engine failure. I mean, this is, you couldn't make this up. It, it, it made the telegraph. And, um, and so they wheel them back and put them in a hotel overnight. But there's no flights. You can't get out. You see, and Katie's supposed to be back at work and everything else. So she starts to panic a bit and all the rest of it. And, you know, we were getting ourselves in a bit of a state as well. And in the end, I said to Andrea, do you know, Kaylee, she's in a hotel. She's safe. She's warm. We prayed. The plane did not take off. Maybe it shouldn't have. Um, and, you know, we've got to go with it. And it made me think about the refugees whose passports are taken away from them and their families sometimes are taken away from them. They have no proof of identity. These are prof- professional people that were lawyers, nurses, doctors, teachers, and they have no proof of identity. And they don't know when they're going to see their family again. And I'm not saying I'm going to thank God because that's not me, because actually I, we need to have a heart for them as well. But I did think, no, I can thank God. She's safe. She will get home eventually. We tried to say this to her, but she wasn't in the mood to listen at the time. <laughs> she's back now and she's fine. Give thanks in all circumstances. If we look for it, we can give thanks in all circumstances. I wrote mine down. Um, I'm going to get good brownie points on these. My things I used, I gave thanks for in the past. Um, I said my wife. It's on there. I'm the same thing. I'm not making that up. Unfortunately, you didn't make the next two columns. I have to tell you that. But but I do moving forward. I thank God fared well. I thanked God for Alpha. Because Alpha, I just thought, you know, the impact that Alpha has had across the country and my life, that's how I became a Christian. Um, uh, thank God for my kids. Thank God for church. And I started recalling about this church was my sending church and went to Spurgeons. I thank God for Spurgeons um, uh, 15 years ago. God's persistence in putting up with me, because I know I don't get it right all the time. But his love endures forever. That I can thank God. And the presence uh, is a common thing coming through here. The, the present one was God's continued faith in me, despite myself. Uh, the church. You know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the church. The Spirit's help. He doesn't leave us alone as orphans. And then moving forward, um, you know, what do we want to ask for and thank God for in anticipation? More trust, growth for myself, the church, and character, maturity, mission, ministry. Uh, to be a better dad, to be a better husband. There's all these things that you can give thanks for. The Bible says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. You know, there's a, uh, just to finish, a lot of negativity uh, in the world. It's huge. And you read the papers and look at the news. It's so depressing sometimes. And there's a moaning culture and the woe is me. And, you know, you don't want to bump into that lady that I was telling you about. Um, and some people do indeed have it hard. But I know people, some people have got it really hard and they still look for that blessing. The Bible says in verse 18 that these attitudes that we're to cultivate are God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And, and I was thinking, well, why would that be God's will? Why, is it, why would he want that? And I thought that as we cultivate that kind of gratitude or the looking for the blessing, despite our circumstances, uh, we're not giving thanks for the circumstances, we're giving thanks in all circumstances. But as we do that, and as we commune or pray with God, who's with you always, then the natural outcome must be joy. Because I think whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm going through, God is with me. And if I have that joy, then I'll have that peace that the Bible says surpasses understanding. That's got to be a good witness uh, to the world. These are some of the character traits that as Christians we ought to be demonstrating. And with the Spirit's help, uh, you can. 
So we're going to celebrate this evening. I've just told you loads of stuff we can celebrate. You've probably got your own stuff, and you'll be a chance to share that. But let me pray for you, and then I'll hand back to Joan to lead us in worship. Lord, your word says to us, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And there are times, Lord, when we're low and life seems against us and we struggle. But I pray that we'd always seek the blessing, always seek your voice, always hear and feel your presence. And that we'll always look for the blessing. And I pray, Lord, that we would be joyful always, always recognising that you're with us always, that we can talk to you continually. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be a people that can thank you, sometimes despite circumstances and sometimes for circumstances. But we, we praise you and give thanks in all circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen.